0: I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome, welcome to another Fem special series here. I'm here with Rochelle Desser. And um, I want to I wanna just touch upon really more about how important it is to have a connection with your clients. Cause Rochelle and I spoke before we started recording, she was in FEM, gosh, it was probably a couple of years ago and has been in the industry for how long? Uh,
1: 40 years this year.
0: 40 years, <laughs> boom, boom. So she is definitely uh, seasoned in this profession. <laughs> and um, and And what I wanna really focus on is kind of how things shifted for you, especially being in the industry for 40 years. My guess is you've been doing things or told to do things a certain way. And then I kind of, I think, opened your eyes to a new way of doing things. So tell us a little about you and your experience and what shifted since you joined Fem, and how that changed your business. Well,
1: uh, 40 years ago, things were a lot different. I was totally clueless what this business was about. I joined a company, what was then called IDS Financial Services, which has morphed into Ameriprise. Hmm. I was there um, doing things the old school way. Just call your friends, call your neighbors, knock on doors, yada, 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 da Didn't really work for me. Left there and spent... And let me just
0: chime in there. Like that was 40 years ago. You'd think people wouldn't do that anymore, but they're still teaching that. Let's just uh, say that that's not... It's still old school, but this is why I say like the archaic model doesn't work and and you're not aligned with it. Like it could work if you just want to, obviously, you know, knocking on doors works. If you do it enough, there is a whole group of people, religious and otherwise that knock on doors, solar panels, whatnot. Like it works. It drives everybody crazy, but it works, but it's not what you want to be doing, right so and that's a lot of companies are still telling people to do that, which I think is so crazy but it's yeah keep amazing going.
1: and and it is challenging to get into this business and there's a lot of turnover because of that mm-hmm. because I don't think um the business is forthright with someone coming in and they don't have a mechanism they don't have a path to allow you to learn and build up.
0: Hmm. That is a big. It's kind thing. of like just survival of the fittest. And, and for me, right. in two thousand and I got licensed two thousand six. Really, had my first year two thousand and seven. It was totally like that. Survival of the fittest. Like you get in, and for us, we weren't doing door knocking, but we were doing sales calls and definitely friends and family type of stuff. And there were people. I mean, it was like series revolving door. We'd have people come in and leave like within two, three weeks, sometimes six, eight, eight weeks, sometimes two months. But it was very, very volatile. Like people were coming in and out the whole time. And it was kind of like, well, if you can survive this, especially if you survive a decade, you'll probably stay in the business, especially because it's recurring revenue model. It doesn't mean that people are building their ideal businesses, though, because it's just like, okay, I just keep keep grinding, keep hustling, all that stuff. So Good. Keep going. This is great. Right.
1: And back in the day, it wasn't a reoccurring. um, Right. It's transactional, right? It was transactional. So it was just starting. And I always thought, I mean, even back then, I thought, there's got to be a different way to do this. Mm. That people need advice. People need help. People have questions. But they couldn't. There was no one to, to get answers from. Right. That they felt trusted that mm-hmm. they felt they could trust and would be real with them. Um, and I always thought there should be a business model of advice revenue, continuing revenue, so that as an advisor, I have a vested interest mm-hmm. in really helping the people that I'm working with. Right. Um, so over the years, I found the uh, the firm that I've been with since 2003 because the um well I was fortunate because I wasn't the sole support of my family mm-hmm. so that allowed me to build things up um and I found a a man who was doing business um through seminars
0: mm-hmm.
1: mostly in New York state courts mm-hmm. and when I met with him he said they're not wealthy people but I have a lot of leads and if you're willing to call these people because they've attended a seminar, they've expressed some interest. I think you could be, I build up a business. I think you could build up a business. You have the right personality, the right touch, nice. that kind of thing. And I've been here for 16, almost 17 years.
0: Okay. So that was, well, you said 2003 that's 20 years. Oh,
1: I mean, not 2000, 2006. Sorry, okay. 2006.
0: Right. Not to correct you on your math or anything, but right, right, in the right. public eye, but I can do 20 years math. That's about all I can do. Subtract three, four, you know, that's about as, as good as my math gets. Right. Okay. Right. So so what really, so, so then it sounds like you, you know, you started with them 16, 17 years ago, and there was a good model there. And a seminar yes. model, I think, is a pretty good model. But like you said, they weren't like super wealthy or whatever. So you still had to Keep getting a lot of clients. Yes. So really, we started a couple years ago. What changed for you that really? Because after being in the industry, even just two years ago, that's 38 years in the industry. Mm-hmm. You wanted to shift things. You wanted yes. something different. What what compelled you first? Like what were the challenges that you were having that you wanted solved? Like the problems you wanted solved, and then what changed for you that that has actually improved your business model?
1: Well, it was pre-pandemic when I think I first signed on to be a pet of mm-hmm. them, little did I know how that would really rather. You didn't predict changed. that one.
0: Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither.
1: Um, but I knew then too, as much as I enjoyed working with the people we were working with the courts, I didn't have control over really the type of person that I was working with. Mm-hmm. So I learned over the years that Obviously, as a human being, you have a stronger connection with some other human beings than. Not
0: everybody. And, that's- and those of you listening, just like my father, you can tell she's from New York because she says human, <laughs> which we always make fun of my dad for. And he's like, stop making fun of me because I say human <laughs> being. But I just had to, you had to yeah. touch on that. But keep going. Keep going. Sorry. for Listen, I but own you it. remind me of my father. So that's good. <laughs> that's
1: OK. I own it. I, I own
0: it. I, own <laughs> I know it. you do. <laughs> yeah. That's right. the best. We
1: know each other well enough. Um. So I, I knew that I needed to figure out a, a little bit. We were doing seminars in the courts, but it was nothing that was really under my control. Mm. And whatever your messaging was and the, whatever I saw from you, that was the thing that um, was attract that attracted me that I said, Oh, that's an answer. I want to find mm-hmm. out about how do I really control
0: that? and that's and can, what do you control what specifically like control who you bring in or how much you bring in as far as um clients revenue like what was it specifically even if you don't know the exact words right. um what that attracted you
1: who i speak to how mm-hmm. mu- how many of those people right um whether or not, you know, then I could make a determination of quali- as qualifying
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in terms of money or not. I was still open to the fact of working with regardless of income levels because mm-hmm. I have a passion and a mission about education and certain discriminatory things that I see in the industry. Uh, But that's my personal business and that's great.
0: Yeah and you get to so what you were looking for was more control around that. So it's kind of like and this is what I find with a lot of advisors you were defaulting to okay well whatever marketing that's worked in the past we kind of do defaulting to how do you even drive those people to an appointment you know like they the people who come to the some want an appointment some don't because I know these seminars are typically education based which seems like a nice thing but I always say as you know your job is not to educate them. Your job is to motivate them because everyone can get the education on the world wide web now. And now we have chat GPT. You could basically say chat GPT. I want you to pretend that you are a a financial advisor. In fact, you are a certified financial planner who is extremely knowledgeable about the markets and knows exactly what to do, when to do it and give me the financial. Like you could actually ask chat GPT now to be your advisor. My husband has done it with like, um, for health and and, like fasting, like he's, yeah, he's done it for fasting for um, you know for basically losing weight you know like be my personal trainer essentially right. And so you know with chat GPT now like we can say take this persona on and then help me and then take the world wide Web all this information and make it easy for people to understand so which is a whole other topic but I think that's really interesting to think about is that like we're coming into a world of AI, where we can say, possibly people don't need you. But just like Google, when Google came, it didn't mean that it obliterated a financial advisor's job. Like now you can search for things and get all the information. But this is why I say like, they don't need information. They need motivation. They need to actually know what to do and be driven to do it. So it sounds like you wanted more control around who you talk to, obviously, even within the realm of these courts and, you know, was it state employees? State employees. Yeah, state employees.
1: So it runs the gamut.
0: Okay, cool. But even in that realm, like, let's say the income's the same, asset management the same, you still want someone who's coachable, who's going to listen, who you feel like is the right fit for you. Like you said at the beginning, like connection that you connect with, you care about that. You want also them to care about their financial future as much as you do. And so I think that's where those things come in. Is like, you do have control over that because that's messaging. And you said it, you know, that that's how I, I, I got you right. Is that my messaging, whatever that was, and you can't even remember it attracted you to want to have a conversation and maybe move to the next step because, the messaging was, is what drives beliefs like, oh, she can help me. Oh, this is worth my time. Oh, I might be able to get rid of this problem or get this result. And it drives those beliefs, which drive the behaviors. Okay. It's worth my time to meet. That's a belief. So I go and meet with her or or whatever that is. So, um, and I would say typically what I'm using in my messaging, and back then I don't think it's that different is like how to attract the right clients and also you know convert them way faster because... I can't tell you how many people, and you know this, but in Femme, used to say, like, oh man, I spend like three hours with someone. And at the end, I didn't really want to work with them anyway. And I'm glad they said no. But thank goodness I have these systems now where I don't have to do that so that you have a system where you can cut your time, like, I wouldn't even say in half, like, it could be like a You know, 10% of the time where you're spending time with the people, you're getting them to self select to go to the next step so that it's less time. And then, you know, you get the right people. So, what specifically changed for you? Like, so you said we wanted more control over that. Like, how have you seen that show up now? Paint the picture for us of like how that's been different for you.
1: Well, it is all about messaging and what I say and the questions I ask of someone. And it sounds simple. However, we know it's not simple. It's a constant um, of readjusting what you're saying. Uh, what I'm finding now is, as you were saying, people can answer any question they want on the web. Get mm-hmm. information galore. And now there's information overload and they don't make any decisions or take mm-hmm. any action because they're on information and frozen.
0: Right. Um,
1: So what I found in my messaging is how to cut through the path for you. You need someone to hold your hands. You need, you know, so if I'm getting to that person. So, for instance, from the courts, it's been female judges who know everything about the law, can make decisions like Mm -hmm. that about a case in front of them and cannot make a decision on their own personal financial circumstances.
0: That's awesome. And I, and I think like, and that's great that you have like a kind of clear, I don't like to say niche, but let's just say target market, or we like to call it the clone, the ideal clone, (laughs) but you know who that person is and you understand their problems and you know how to, you know, what verbiage to use to like get them to see that. But I would say that that resonates with a lot of us and, and, and that's a great way to describe it is that like we have the information, but that doesn't mean we have clarity. And I always say clarity is power. And you know, remember we talked about that initial strategy session and and getting someone from a discovery called a strategy session and promising like here's the clarity that you'll have so that you can make those decisions, know what to do moving forward because most people don't have that clarity. It's like, okay, there's a ton of information. Like I was talking recently about Alex Hermosi. And he's this big marketer that every entrepreneur and marketer on the planet seems to know. And I say everyone exclusive of most financial advisors because they're not usually watching like any of the stuff going on in the marketing world and like digital marketing. But what I, I sent this email about it because I was saying like, we digital marketers and information marketers and like entrepreneurs that kind of classify ourselves in this, in this realm, I'll know what's going on with this big launch that Alex Ramosi did and what he's talking about. But for you, like, and I don't mean just you, Rochelle, but like yeah. the all these financial advisors to cut through that noise when someone's telling you, and some of it's like Facebook ads and you're like, that's not relevant to me, you know? And some of it is, you know, about your offer and you're thinking like, well, my offer? What's my, how do you make a better offer? It's just like managing money. Well, that's not what they want. It's the result that they want. So it's like, what I usually do is like figure out, well, I learn from all this information of what's relevant. Cause I've been in the industry for a decade and be like, now this is what the piece. Like, so that's my value as well. It's like taking all this information, learning from it and saying like, okay, here's how you use it for marketing. And I think one of the biggest things I love that you use the word control. I think one of the biggest things for a lot of the financial advisors who come to me is that they are just defaulting to like, well, here's who I'm working with. I have all these clients. And oftentimes, like we all know that financial advisors have their A, B, and C clients, maybe even D clients. And you get to a certain point in your business where there ain't no way in hell that you're going to be able to take care of all of those clients. And so then everybody's like, okay, I need an associate or like a junior advisor to take over those C and D clients and then pass them along. And like, that's just kind of how it is. And maybe this was your guy who passed them to you at first. And then then you're like, I got to now pass them along. But like, we don't have capacity to just keep on taking so many clients, so many clients, so many clients. And then you're not getting paid what you're worth because you're like, I got 300 clients and how am I supposed to service all these, especially if they're not high net worth and you want to help everybody, but you ain't helping everybody. I keep saying ain't because it's like, it's more impactful, but you're not helping anyone if you don't have time to service them all. You know, and so that word control, I think, is really, really powerful because it's not about always just getting the highest net worth clients. It's about being really selective with who you bring on and who you let go of. And one of the things I talked about recently in one of the podcasts that I was recording was about like how you, we tend, this is actually, I don't think it's gone live yet, but with Michael Kitsies, we were talking about the capacity thing. And I said, so many advisors are over-promising from the get-go when they don't need to. It's like they come in and, you know, you can help them and get their, their accounts sorted and get their plan worked out and get them started to save better and also get their investments in a better position. Um, And all those things are even though it might not affect them, you might not see it for 20 years, you doing that even in two weeks or three months, it's an immediate result that they get. And so that's something people want. Like they think they want, you know, we as financial advisors think, you gotta promise them this early retirement and all that stuff. And yes, they want that. But like what's affecting them today is that they're feeling like they're behind. They're feeling like they don't know how to make financial decisions. They're feeling like they don't they don't have control of their money. They feel like they they you know don't know what to do. And then if you can get them in the right position, maybe you won't work with them forever. But like you start working with them, you get them in the right position, and then it's not that bad to hand them off. But when we promise them, I'll be there for your retirement party, you know, it's like, it's like, well then we have to disappoint them. And and that was hard for me when I left the industry because I felt like that's what I was taught. And so when I decided to sell my business, I'm like, it was a year agonizing mm-hmm. uh, about whether or not I should do this because I felt like I made promises to people and I thought I was going to be there for the retirement in 30 years and it turned out like that was not on the path for me and then i had to like deal with the you know loss and like to tell like i was so afraid to tell them like i wasn't going to be in the industry i feel like it was this whole letdown and in the end i shouldn't have been the one managing their money like i was actually not the best at it and i realized i was better at actually helping people grow or grow their businesses versus their money so anyway all that to say that i think we all want that control like whether it's in your business or in your finances and to understand where to focus so that you can have that control is really important. So, what were the main things that you focused on that that have given you more control? I know you said to me before we started recording, you've been, you know, you've increased your business 20%. And when you got recurring revenue, like that's very significant, especially to have like a you know, kind of a a business where it's more like a merry-go-round, and now you can just give it a little push, give it a little push. You don't have to work full full time anymore. Um, But yeah, what is what have been the things that you focused on to get you to that point?
1: Um, Well, knowing the kinds of people that I was going to help the best, and to your point about making those promises forever, mm-hmm. yeah, I say that now. You I'm of the age. Where yeah. I'm not going to be if someone's fifty or forty, I right. may not be there when they retire. Yeah, but I have focused on I'm helping you get organized. I want to hold your hand, lead you down the path. I believe if it's not me, there's going to be somebody else, and I'm. That's another piece of what I learned from you that I'm working on to bring other female women in the in the business. Mm-hmm. We have a different perspective, yeah. And I believe that it will. have was certainly helpful to see all, the larger numbers of people who were sitting in the same place as I was, because it can be very isolating. Mm. Whether you're part of a broker dealer, and maybe in I, at that point, I was with Royal. The firm was with Royal Alliance, and we had an annual female-only um advisor. Um, uh, conference which was great and it was great to meet other people across the country who was sitting in the same seat so to speak and to feed off of that for whatever reason maybe because we didn't have the structure it wasn't enough to satisfy what i was looking for <laughs>
0: so yeah tandy something. and i actually talked about that on the other podcast <laughs> is like the, the female or women's conferences for advisors is a great idea, but it doesn't create this safe space like we do in Fem, where it's just uh, very vulnerable and authentic and open, where you can understand also where to put attention and where to what to shift in your business. It's very specific, like we talk about, you know, that allows you to have that growth, but also make those friendships. And I know you and Tandy still talk every week, which is yes. so cool, <laughs> you know. So those friendships are are just like forever, and so you're not feeling isolated, and you feel like you have those relationships, not just with your clients, but on the side of like what other advisors are going through and experiencing. So that's yeah. great. And yeah, we all going. have
1: different business models in terms mm-hmm. of that. Um, some people are accountants like Tandia, she does tax work as right. well as is doing a financial advisory work. I just function on that. Um, but it, it really, I, and I, and I'd have to say just opening up my mind to Looking at who I was already dealing with, who were the people I connected best with. Oh, I I those are the people that I need to figure out. And I don't need to invent it. <laughs> I right. just want to ask the right questions of those people to get their wording. I mean, that was so eye-opening to me. I had never thought about it in that way. Like, you know, we're not marketers. We're supposed, quote-unquote, supposed to be. But I'm not a marketer. What I'm great at is making a connection and a good, um, a a safe space for Mm -hmm. the people that I work with. Someone said something to me, and she said, I don't want to insult you, but she said, you know, talking to you can be like talking to your grandma. <laughs> and I said, I, accept, I own that. I said, oh. I had a goal in mind. I'm sure, you know, Dr. Ruth, mm-hmm. the of sex course. therapist.
0: Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. To
1: me, that's the model. So you want to be a sex therapist. No, I don't want to be a sex therapist. I want to be a money therapist. I actually, I think
0: I wrote uh, Dr. Ruth an email once. I didn't hear back, but I, I think I was like, um, "You're amazing. Uh, can I be on my podcast?" And I should really pursue that because I think everybody is accessible. She's still alive, right? Yes, yeah, she is. Okay, okay. She do is. you do you have a connection?
1: I don't have a connection other than the role model of. If you can make it comfortable for mm-hmm. young women to talk to an older woman about sex, to me, that's like the right you know, the biggest area. Then I can make it comfortable for women or men of any age
0: mm-hmm. to
1: talk about money.
0: That's great. So exactly. good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone who's listening to this, if you do have a connection, Dr. Ruth, hook it up. Cause that'd be awesome to have her on the podcast. <laughs> but I, I think that's a really interesting, um, uh, I don't know, analogy or, or I don't know, connection, but, right. but like to think about that because we all know sex is taboo and money is taboo and politics taboo. And it's like, you're not supposed to talk about that. And then, you know, being in the role CFP financial advisor, like we sometimes forget, cause you talk about it every single day. And then you know, like you said, you in a backtrack a little bit, you said, I, I didn't learn. I didn't have to figure out what, like what to say. Essentially what you're talking about is messaging. Like I didn't have to figure yeah. out what do I say to attract these people? You didn't say all that, but that's, I know what you meant. So I want to make sure the audience knows, but I didn't have to figure out. I'm not a marketer. I didn't have to figure out like all the things to say that's going to attract them to want to talk to me what I had to do is, is just understand and learn. And that's one of the things that we, we did and found how to ask the right questions. And they just tell me, and I always say, this is like, and then we just regurgitate, which is a horrible word to think about when you think about what that sounds like, but it looks like, but you, we just like regurgitate what they say. And as long as we know who we're talking to and we get specific on those things, it starts to attract people just like them. And it does create that safe space. And, you know, I love that you can just own that. And like, I'd be happy like to be grandma, even with my daughter, who was just in here a few minutes ago, as you saw before we started recording, you know, it's just, she's, she was volatile being so, you know, just in not, she seems just really tired. And I have her like lying on kind of my, my small, beautiful little breast. Um, <laughs> and, but like that feeling, and I was doing this thing, I was rubbing her back and I said, ah, baby. And that's what my grandma used to do to me. And that's comforting. And, you know, and I'm like kind of rocking her and she's just like, she's, she's three, like she's doing, she's, she's not being a jerk. She just wants mommy, you know? And it's like, like if I, I just let her while I was talking on, on a call with somebody else, but my CEO was there. So he was kind of talking to her. I'm muted. And I just kind of hummed to my daughter and gave her that safety. And that is a grandma feeling. And that is a great compliment. Like for people without having to rock your clients and put them on your breast, because that would be weird um but to like give them that feeling of safety and love and unconditional love. Because I think also a lot of clients come in embarrassed, especially you would imagine a judge. Like I know things I'm, I'm the one that says you're going to jail or you're not, or I'm the one that determines people's futures in some regards. And there's like a lot of control there. And then to feel like I can't even control my own future. Like how, what a dichotomy there. Like what an interesting concept to be like, no, I, I know you you're giving it to everyone and you have, This incredible gift of understanding how to advise people, and you have this incredible, like, brilliance of understanding what to do and what's the right thing to do, and especially even you know, as as moral, you know, morals and values, and then to feel this like incongruence about what you should do with your money, like that's that's an emotional thing, and to be able to figuratively rock them and make them feel like they're taken care of, grandma or not, like I think that's beautiful, and that's something that women will do. And men won't. And again, why women are typically, you know, better at the nurturing side of the business, and that most people don't just want to, uh, you know, like find out about the investments and what the investments are doing. They want to feel like you're on their side and helping them reach their goals and control their money and their financial future.
1: That's right. So that oh. they can be comfortable. My ideal is that when someone says to me, "I don't worry about my money now. Just go live it." Just go live your life because I know if I have a question about something, you're the one to call.
0: Hmm. I'm going
1: to call you. You talked me out of doing something that was going to be more than I really could handle. Hmm. Thank you for that. And the biggest compliment to me is you're part of my family. And now I say that to my clients. When I had a new client sign in on Saturday And um, she wrote me a very nice email. Thank you for helping us, for answering your questions. I know we may not have the most wealth. You may deal with people with more wealth, but you made us feel very important Mm. to you. And our questions were important. And we felt comfortable and safe in moving ahead with what I recommended. Beautiful. And that's that's the name of the game and i've just had since working with you and and going you know through that process have more confidence that that is the right path for me to be on
0: and here's what i love is that that when you're intentional with your business and you have the right systems in place the money comes You know, I can't just say that the money comes if you just, you know, it does because like, if you just do hard, you know, if you're working hard for 40 years in the industry, you're going to be doing all right, you know, no matter what. But I think when it comes to building your ideal business and ideal life, which is what we like to talk about in FEM, it's, it's being intentional with that and then using the systems to lean on because you just weren't taught that you were taught from 40 years ago to go door to door and call friends and family. And they're still taught that. And it's like, well, if we could just be selective with who we work with and some people do want that 2 million or $5 million account. And some people are like, no, I don't need that. And you'll probably get a ton of referrals from this woman. And also when you manage the expectations and create boundaries and what, you know, what is expected of her and what's expected of you, then you could, You can have more clients because you've created those expectations. So I think it's also how you're setting things up, knowing what your goal is for your business and being real with them instead of over-promising. Oh, I'll be there. Oh, any, any weekend. You said you were with her on a weekend, but like, you know, any day you need me. Like I set those boundaries because I think, and I think a lot of financial advisors don't still have clients telling me they're, Working on the weekends. I'm like, okay, this is really important that this is what we're going to work on this time. You know, one of the ladies who just rejoined Femme, she's like, yeah, I got to stop working on weekends. I'm like, you're still working on weekends? Like, no more, you know? And maybe you choose that. Maybe you choose that and that's okay. Fridays
1: often during the summer, I'll take a Saturday morning. All right. All right. So you're, you're
0: intentional with it. But regardless of what it is, everyone has their own rules, but I just want them to be your rules with your intention to build your ideal business so you can have your ideal life, which is a constant. Kind of never-ending improvement, you know. It's like we're not necessarily there, but knowing that that's where we want this journey to get to that destination, but enjoying the journey as well.
1: It it is a journey. It's going to evolve. I was on a call with clients earlier, right before our call, and we were taught, They're worried about, you know, things are changing. They retired. They moved. Things are changing, and they're. You could hear the anxiety Mm -hmm. in their voice. Um, and we were, on, and he said, "Things are going to change. Things change uh, over the last two years. They're going to change in the next two years. They'll settle down. You'll be fine. You're going to be fine." He's asking me, "Should we change this?" I said, "No, Jeff. We set it up. You're fine." And, this is like and, the,
0: you know, figurative rock bye baby. Exactly, rock bye Jeffy. <laughs>
1: It's and it's the t- and I I've learned also I modulate my tone mm-hmm. I have to be softer speaking mm-hmm. because that's what they need. When we had the downturn in the market last year, I had to be the calm voice on the phone because they are hysterical. Um, yeah. and it's having the confidence and and I gained confidence from. From working and figuring all of that out to be able to do that without saying, oh, I shouldn't be doing that because that's not the right role. You know, Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Um,
1: being me, authentic and and caring. um, Mm -hmm. The nicest compliment you could give me is that you're kind. That's important to me. And I can allow that to come through and work with the people I'm working with on it. I'm thrilled.
0: That's beautiful. And everyone wants an advisor like that. Like we care more about that than what's happening in the market. And that's what I love about the woman's way. And again, you know, I'm talking about how we're shifting things. We're going to work with men, but I think men need this and men want this. And the wealthiest people I had, this guy, uh Brett, come on my podcast and he was talking about ultra high net worth. And he's talking, you know, when when people advisors are at that level working with ultra high net worth, it's so much less about performance and the money. Like it's so much more about lifestyle and And feeling like this is a family and feeling like you understand what I want and feeling like you care and all that stuff. And and it's not just women who are caring and nurturing. It's just, we tend to be better at it. But this is why I do want to involve men in this too, because like the, the we need the industry to change as a whole yes. and it can't just change if we women just, you know, women rule the world and all that. But like, you know, when women rule the world, like Barbie, um, you know, then maybe we could get there, but we still need to involve even Barbie at the end involved Ken, you know, if you right. sorry, if I ruined the punch, uh, the punchline or spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Barbie, I finally saw it, but, um, but yeah, it's really good. Well, this has been amazing. Any last comments or advice to give the listeners here? Um,
1: I think if you're doing if you're in this business, I think you really have to just be who you are and let that show through and not hide it behind the corporate. You know, thank God the dress code has changed since COVID. And I think the personality codes are adjusting as well in terms of that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So, that's what I think. Be you, yeah, yeah, authenticity for sure.
1: Authenticity, and hopefully the industry will shift too took a few yeah.
0: years before. We got to they- keep working on it. We got to <laughs> massage it, but that's why it's important to, for you to grow and then create that space. And to, I mean, your personal development is completely tied to your business development. If you're not working on you and being the true you that you are meant to be, then you're missing, like your business is just not going to grow. It's going to get stagnant. So right. um, amazing. Right. And for those of you listening, if you're at all curious about femme, um you still can get in. If you're listening to this, we still have a few spots available. Um, it's It's, it's closing soon because our event's coming up in late October. Um, but we're taking a few a few of the ladies outside to be with this incredible group of of women and to be able to experience this for our last FEM. So if you're at all curious, just send an email to support at robincrane.com and put FEM, F-E-M-M, in the subject line, and we'll get on the call and see if it's right for you. And uh, with that, we will say goodbye. But Rochelle, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And we'll see you all next time on Growing Your Financial Business the Women's Way.